continue in a word of prayer. Lord, I just um, pray you open our minds and our ears and just help us to hear what you've got for each one of us out of your word this morning. I pray that um, with all these other noises going on that you'll just um, help us all to be able to hear and and um, thank you also just for having a place here to meet. I pray this in your name. Amen. I'll be sharing from um, Matthew chapter 18 this morning from verses 10 through to 20. Can everybody hear me? Yeah? Good. So if you have your device or um, your Bible, please open it up and we'll read the passage to, to, together. That was Matthew chapter 18 verses 10 through to 20. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face... Sorry, I'll start again. See to it that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away... Will he leave the 99 on the hill and go and look for the one who wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 who did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you will have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that in every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, Treat him as though he would be a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three Come together in my name, there am I with them. Just as a bit of a um, summary on what I'm going to speak on this morning and an introduction, I think this passage is just speaking about our relationships. We need them. They give us value. They make us feel good. Hard to maintain. And when they fall over, it can be devastating. They are also seen, there also seems to be a strong link in Scripture between the health of our relationships with each other and the health of our relationship with our God. I've got three points that I want to bring out this morning. The first one is God's priorities. I like my three points. Verses 12 to 14, the importance of unity. Verses 15 to 18, 
and then where two or three are gathered, verses 19 and 20. God's priorities. In this passage, who are the lost sheep? Are they inside the church or are they outside the church? This, this parable is, is told twice in Scripture. It's told in Luke and it's told in Matthew. In Luke, you see that it's definitely because of the context of the passage that it's referring to those people who are outside the church. But in Matthew, when you pick up the context through the whole of Matthew chapter 18, it's about those who are inside the church. So it's talking about those young ones. Who are those young ones? Are they our children or are they the people who are young in their faith? Those young ones moving away, becoming lost in the faith. How does that happen? It's like, it's like preaching on the main street of marriage, you know? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, I remember as a, as a young Christian, there was people who I used to look up to, the people who were running the youth group, like Michelle Wilkinson, like um, Sue and Ross Lewis. I used to look up to them, and then every time they did something wrong, or what I considered to be inappropriate to what they confessed, who they confessed to be, you talk about it with, the other, with your other fellow converts who had just become Christians. Did you hear what Les Scarborough said? That was the minister of our church at the time. Did you hear what Les Scarborough said when he was kicking the shins at soccer? Did you hear what, how he swore? Then I remember one time I was following Les Scarborough on the way to a, onto a way to a wedding. He was in his um, fairly new uh, Toyota Camry, I think it was, and I was in my old 69 Cortina. <laughs> full of kids, or full of, full of full of my mates, and we're trying to keep up with Les going through Birchie Park, Old Samiris Road. And there's a bend on that corner, and Les just sort of went round and no dramas at all, and I was fishtailing all over the place. I nearly, nearly ended up going bush. And then I was telling everybody about how fast Les was going. You know, sometimes, especially as young Christians, we put our faith in the wrong sorts of things. Not in our God, but we sort of place it in these people who are spiritually above us. And we look for their faults and we look for reasons why. And we become lost. Another thing that, especially as young Christians, that we can become lost in is when things come, we come across our path that we are not expecting. Things which make us disillusioned. And I remember... I, I wonder one... I wonder about my son Shen. When he was um, about 10 years old, he had a mate die. On a, it was on the church outing. And it just, you wonder why? Why, are this sort of, why does this sort of stuff come across our path? We all have similar stories. The beauty about this passage is that the shepherd seeks out the lost sheep. So what does that tell us to do? It's encouraging us to go and to have those hard conversations. How many of us really want to go around and 
seek out someone who's moved away from the church who might be disgruntled with you personally and have that hard conversation. But scripture here is clear. The shepherd rejoices more over the one that returns than the 99 who remain. Why? Because he loves the one who left more than the 99 who remains? I don't think so. It's because the one that left was lost, but now it's found. Was gone, but now it's come back. That brings me to my second point. I've got to move through my notes a bit, sorry. The importance of unity. Verses um, 15 through to 18. And it talks about when somebody wrongs you in the church, when somebody wrongs you, to go and confront them one-on-one. -on -one. Now, when you go and talk to somebody about something which they've done wrong against you, how does that normally go? doesn't normally go well, does it? Especially if it's your spouse, it doesn't go well. I don't think the slight little wrongs treading on each other's toes is really in view here. I think it's a, it's more a black and white issue. Things that are clearly wrong. Things that it's just not iffy. In a good way, I like the process here, that you confront them one-on-one -on -one first, and then if that doesn't work, then you go and you bring two others along. Now, I think when you bring one or two others along, it is good to take people who you respect in the faith. People who will not necessarily agree with you will bring another perspective in. I love, like Pauline is, is great like that. If I've, if I've got something that's going around in my head, I check it with Pauline, I, I, I run it through her. She often plays devil's advocate. She'll bring back the other point of view. And that's the sort of thing that you want to have happen because you want to check that the issue that you're bringing up when you're making bigger and bigger and bigger is actually right. And then there's the next part of the process, to bring it to the church. What happens when we bring controversial issues to the church? It just explodes. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, especially if it's not clear. And then if the church agrees that this issue is clear and we should put them out, it says to treat them as pagans and tax collectors. How do we treat pagans and tax collectors? How did Jesus treat pagans and tax collectors? He treated them well. He mightn't ask them their opinion on certain issues in the church, but he treated them well. I think the point of this passage is that God values our relationships that much that he just doesn't want us to give them up over such trivial little things that he puts in this big process. If your brother wrongs you, go and confront him. If that doesn't work, gather one or two more. If that doesn't work, tell the whole church. 
you know, I've been in leadership of the church for about 30 years and I don't think I've ever been through this process. And we've had some big issues to, to wrestle with over the years. That is how much he values our relationships, that he wants us not to give up on them easy, but to actually work through, try to solve them, value them. Where two or three are gathered. The facts are that we will rub each other up the wrong way. Our relationships are important for our own health and also for the health of our relationship with our Creator. The whole of Matthew chapter 18 seems to be looking at relationships. Verses 1 to 9 talks about you know, what happens to us if we cause one of these little ones to stumble? Then in 10 to 14, it talks about being prepared to follow up if one of, us, one of us has gone to stray, even for fear of rejection. And then 15 to 20, uh, 28, talk, oh, sorry, 15 to 18, talks about us, the whole process of following up, so we don't give up on this stuff easily. Where two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. You know, I always thought this verse had to do with our church gathering, not about judgment. But there is safety in two or three of us gathering together, talking about the issue and working through the issue and praying about it and how God works there. Our God values our relationships. So should we. Especially here. We need to work on them. We need to leave things not uncovered. We need to be able to work through them. Thank you. I'll just close off. Lord, I just um, want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for just how it practically works in with all aspects of our lives, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that if we are in conflict at the moment, especially with a brother or sister, that you help us to take the time and see the importance to actually work through these things. Lord, I pray this in your name. Amen. Jesse's got a